Hello, everyone, and welcome to Free Times Podcast number two, the one you've all been waiting for, how to survive a pandemic. You know how we all got to this point and how much time has passed. But uh, since then, a lot of us have worked from home, got laid off, sheltered in place, living with parents, binge watching, eating without thinking, and getting so fed up with, the, with those you live with that you hope to never see them again once this is over. You think when couples are locked together in the same room that the result would be babies. But instead, in my neighborhood, we saw a number of dogs more than double. OMG, they're so cute. The net result, because of all of this, we are apprehensive, overwhelmed, depressed, and have a minor case of anxiety, as well as issues from wearing masks longer than anybody should in a single day. Worse yet, you like to bail on everything, but we are scared about getting sick, or at least should be. Then there are those who refuse to wear a mask or are told to now they ever get sick, or let alone refusing to get vaccinated. So nothing changes. All the while, we keep an eye on the number of new cases and hope we're not one of them. Experts often suggest coping strategies to a lot of means streaming service services beyond that, It's meditation, video games, walking, exercise. A friend is getting acupuncture. A walk, even even a walk in your own own neighborhood, which can seem like an adventure. Seeing what's new, what has changed, even to how many squirrels, rabbits, and feral cats can be like going through a wild animal park. Really. Because you hadn't seen them in a long time. I will admit, for a while, it felt like I was living in one of those End of the world films. The sidewalk's empty, the streets are barren of traffic, a dog barking in the distance. As a friend put it, was put it so well, it felt very Black Mirror-like. Even when the shelter-in-place order went out, I sneaked outside and committed the most horrid of crimes. I went for a walk because I couldn't stand being in my own place despite what I had to entertain me. I also admit, during the early days, I went a bit, bit crazy. And so did my neighbors. I live in an area where they closed the parks down at one point. For a while, the city had, had actually had cop cars parked right at the city at the park entrances, and barriers had been set up. In fact, they didn't want people to come, even clo- come within 15 feet of those barriers before they give you a warning or threaten you with arrest. Then I admit, I admit the most horrible crime of them all. I snuck into the park on more than one occasion which was only possible due to the fact my neighbors were crazier than me. They kept breaking down the barriers and that the authorities kept putting back up, sometimes as many as twice a day. The cops, see, the cops couldn't be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In my neighborhood, we only saw the cops between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. I heard there were several parties in the park at night which the cops did nothing about. And frankly, I don't think anybody wanted to call. I don't know what it's like where you live, but a lot of the condo buildings around here have private entrances of the park. I recall running to the president of a condo association of one of those buildings. They told me unless they got a letter from the city telling them that their members cannot use the entrance, they were not going to stop them. They claimed it was in their charter or agreement with the city. I think this shows you how crazy some of us were getting. You know what our city did? which was crazy, it was crazier still. 
they put their own locks on those entrances. And that only happened three weeks before the parks officially opened. Now get this, those letters the uh, condo associations were asking for came out as late as the week before the parks officially opened up. I don't think anybody handled this well. My entire point of this whole podcast is you got to do something, anything to keep your mind active. Of course, the situation can change on a daily basis. The main thing you have to do is keep your mind active. If you let your mind turn into slush, you become a potato. So as long as you're not harming yourself or anyone else, and it isn't illegal or immoral, as someone would put it, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Go ahead and do it. Like those who turn their talents towards YouTube to make a video and post it. I got to say during this pandemic, when this pandemic hit, the number of new furry videos on YouTube took a big hit. No new con videos, no fursuit dance numbers, no all-out rants. I swear it was about nine months before I virtually saw nothing new. Then all of a sudden, furry videos started popping up, great works, trying something we never saw before, like Ash Coyote minus their fursuit. But really, the quality varies uh, with a lot of these videos. I thought I would never say I, any, anyone's video is bad, at least up until recently. When I saw this video by, by someone who posted on social media complaining they were not getting enough views due to YouTube's algorithm, uh, let me tell you, it wasn't that. It was just a badly made video. It looked like it was uh, pieced together at the last minute. Just nothing but con clips. And even then, you, when you have someone talking, the person listening to the video likes to hear what they say, not be drowned out by, con, by, um, by noise. I'm telling you something. If you're recording on your phone, the answer to that is very simple. The Bluetooth microphone on your headset, all you got to do is bring it up to that person's mouth and be able to hear them. This way you get the, the voice. I mean, what's the point of shooting somebody having to talk without without them understanding what they're saying? But what I find, uh, and I have to give great praise to, is those who run the virtual cons on whatever platform they use. They've literally gone from nothing to roughly one or more a week. The most I've ever seen uh, over one weekend was four. That happens fairly often. So you have plenty of options. Uh, you know, they are at least, you know, my point is they're at least trying. They're helping a lot of furries deal with the no convention blues. I know a lot of people talk about, uh, used to talk about uh, post-con depression. We all have a bad, not so much post-con depression, it's more like we miss the fur cons. I can honestly say I miss the fur cons. So much that I'm actually thinking about going to more than one when I'm actually able to to go again. But it's just really they're doing they're doing I give my highest praise. Depending on the skill level of, of the ones behind the scenes, you really can see a, uh, everything you normally see at a con panels, fursuit dances, fursuit parades, and etc. 
Even though a lot of them are independent, meaning not affiliated with any con you might have heard of, these virtual cons are raising money for animal charities, although not as much as they would during an in-person con, but at least are trying. I mean, I mean, they help, but I really miss in-person cons. And I know I'm not the only one. I see um, we share our feelings on social media. Speaking of which, another trend I'm noticing are comics. Uh, I've seen Dino Man, Doodles for Food, Slackworm, and many, many others. I swear, the more everyone shares, I'm discovering a new one all the time. Uh, I've discovered one the other day, uh, Dinos and Comics. Good work. Then there's a furry art. I know it's always been there, but I'm seeing some downright amazing art. I guess people have time to do it. I mean, I've actually seen piece, some pieces which were either done for themselves or commissions that are literally museum quality. I kid you not. I wish I actually could show you some over a podcast, but I can't. Uh, other, the other trend you think be dead by now with the fewer and fewer actual publishers, we've, we're seeing more and more furry, new furry novels. A lot of writers are now getting into doing these things who haven't, who've never wrote one before. But I mean, you wouldn't believe who's the biggest publisher of new furry novels is, because you would not, I mean, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me, but go and look for yourself, Amazon because Amazon is open to self-publishing. And them and Kobo are doing an incredible job. Writers are going to them. It's just an easy matter of just posting a finished story. I don't know all the details about what you have to do, but I assume you can find them on the websites. Um, I mean, one bit of advice I would give to you, you're gonna publish a, a free novel, get good cover art. I mean, pay a professional and do it. I think, I mean, one thing I've noticed in sale-wise is that the uh, the ones that have a better cover actually sell well, despite what the story may or may not have, may or may not be. Of course, I'm not saying a, a good story is not uh, is a driving force to a story, but it really does help. There are a lot of good free books out there. Just to name one would be an injustice to all of them. I know some of us don't like to read, as in we rather listen. And I hate to say it, I'm in that category myself. Let me tell you, the Amazon Kindle software has a speech option. Think podcasts, but instead you're getting a story. And besides, the books are rather cheap. I mean, I picked up a few recently for 99 cents each. Now is a good time with not much going on to check them out. Uh, frankly, you could call the next trend even more weird than being a furry. What is it? Nudism is on the rise. I'm not joking with you on this one. In fact, there's so many backyard nudists in England, the cops had their orders. Don't look in the backyards unless you're looking for someone. Really, this isn't a joke. You might as fine hard to believe, but nudists are actually having Zoom gatherings and are planning meets not virtual ones but one in the actual flesh i should say naked flesh to naked flesh and yes they are naked
you might, I know some of you might think, you know, just being the British are crazy. Well, they don't call Americans crazy for nothing. The largest nudist group in the U.S., the American Association for Nude Recreation, has reported that their membership has more than doubled during the pandemic. The same could be said of other nudist groups everywhere. When the one existed on Twitter that I know about, not Twitter, but uh, Facebook, it, uh, their membership was almost 5,000 before um, Facebook took them down because members were posting nude photos. Yeah, I wasn't a member, but I did look, see, what see I was curious. And I was trying to do research for this article, for this podcast, so. You know, today it isn't just, it's more seek and you shall find. There's a lot of people with a lot of varied interests, and I hate to say it, with Mandalorian being so so incredible, and WandaVision, uh, the latest Star, uh, Star Trek programs, um, anime on Netflix, uh, let's not forget the, the incredible animes we're seeing of late. You know, Beastars and BNA and many, many others. Uh, you th- okay, you think fur groups on social media would be having huge, huge uh, numbers by now, but some are basically dead. There's one on Facebook that had only received eight posts since October 2020. Another on Discord has been, has been really active save for a few posts since spring of 2020. I have been told this um, has also affected other, other groups across the country, even the world. Nobody really knows the reason why. I mean, there isn't one direct cause, but a lot of people have actually, let's say a lot of furries have drifted away from what used to be very popular, popular groups on Facebook, uh, Telegram and even um, Discord, just gone. But yet they have migrated to other groups. Furrowly has been quite popular and quite active, even though it's more geared to uh, those in their 20s. It's still active, I mean, compared to some other groups. So I don't know what's going to happen if even if these uh, other groups that are currently empty or still be around uh, once things start getting active again. But as as my experience has often told me, uh, not every fur group is perfect for you. So please be careful and don't let people try to take advantage of you. This has happened to me on two different groups, so please be careful. Also, I don't know what happens to me a lot. I get hit on. That is not cool. If you want, if you want somebody as a friend, that's okay. But send a dick pic or a some part of your body, it's not cool. They can and will block you, like I have so many countless others. I know it's hard. I know it's hard not to notice that more things are opening up, as the numbers of those vaccinated increase at a rapid rate. In fact, some states have already opened up and there are cons who are actually planning in-person events this year. You know, I hope to get to MMF uh, later this year, although Illinois have not s- said they can't. It's really, I don't know. We have to wait and see. So cons have talked about limiting attendance 
or those who've already been vaccinated. Denver said they were going to be doing both. Hell, some of the groups are going to even operate as normal. But we don't know. It's like, uh, what's going to happen? Are people going to go without the mask and get infected? Let me explain something to you. The one thing we don't want, and it's something that I've seen on, on several uh, different MFF groups where staff or former staff are uh, somehow associated with the group, is the one thing they don't want is people getting COVID-19 at the conventions. They're afraid if this happens, it'll open them up for a lawsuit and it could kill that convention. I mean, it could kill it for real. Um, then there are those idiots who openly promote fake vaccination cards. Thankfully, cons keep an eye on replies. People post making like this one guy did with Denver's post. And those same idiots get banned. Cons will share ban lists. If you get banned by one, you might discover you're banned by another. This is what one for informed me what happened to him at this one MFF. You see, they got banned at, a, at uh, Anthro, Ohio. And the next thing you know, they're banned at MFF. So don't do anything stupid. I know it's hard not to, but don't do anything stupid. So what should you do? I openly, I openly admit I, I recently went to a slightly overcrowded flea market with a couple of friends, despite me only having one injection. And I was wearing a mask. And so was, surprisingly, everyone there. And they were, for the most part, socially distanced. I couldn't believe it, but I was also very happy. You know what really make me feel like doing the same old, same old, like I did before the pandemic happened? You know, I guess it's something that makes you feel happy. My only advice for real is just be careful. So, on, so please only do what makes you feel comfortable and don't give in to pressure, pandemic or not. So what am I, I going to do as I wrap this podcast up? Unfortunately, keep my eye on things and still wear a mask. I work with the public on a daily basis, and I know there's always a risk. So that and I is so that is the only thing I can do, and and hope things go better. As for my own plans, it's more a wait and see. There are certain events I like to attend, but will they actually happen? I really don't know, and I can't say for a fact that they will. So it's more like, as wrapping up, I would say, try to keep your mind busy. Do something. Go for a walk. Take photographs. I mean, you know what's around your city or where you live. Do something. As long as you don't put yourself in danger, just go and do it. Uh, so the next podcast will be when I can think of something. Uh, till then, you all have a good day.